Welcome to Group Work. I'm your host, Katie K. May, and I interview mental health therapists to find out what happens in the space where group therapy takes place. Take a deep breath and find your seat inside the circle. This episode of Group Work is about to get started. Anjana Hartshorn runs an eight-week mindfulness-based coaching program to help empaths, healers, and others who feel the weight of the world on their shoulders move from overwhelmed and disconnected to empowered, more confident, and more in control of how they feel. I'm so excited to learn more about Kanjana's work in yoga and therapy and her practice, healingheartswellness.com. Hey, Kanjana. Hello. There we go. (laughs) How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, of course. So it's been a while. We are recording. We are neighbors, per se. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to have you here, especially to talk about yoga and therapy and some combination of groups and yoga and therapy, whatever you're going to tell me this is all about. Because tell me, Kanjana, I understand like you're one of a select few therapists who are actually called yoga therapists. Like clarify for me what what's going on there. Yeah, sure. It's definitely very confusing. And before I actually uh, pursued certification in yoga therapy, I had no idea what it was. I was like, I do therapy and I do yoga. So I started advertising yoga therapy. And then that's how I found out it's like, no, that's an existing thing. Yeah. (laughs) So it actually, there is a um, governing board. It's the IAYT, International Association of Yoga Therapists. And it's about a three year program around 3,000 hours to get your certification. So So that's intense. 3,000 hours is like a license. Like it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So I did my like 200 hour yoga teacher training and then I did my 500 hour the next year. And then I did this 3,000 hours. So it's like a thousand hour program. And then I had maybe 2,000 of practice. I think it's a really important clarification. And it's the same thing as like, we have art therapists at our center and they get protective of the art therapy credential when others who are using creativity and practice will say like, Mm -hmm. I'm doing art therapy. And they're like, "Uh uh-uh, no, you're not. Like that's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's important to protect what you're doing as well. Yeah. And I think also to differentiate it, right? Like my understanding of that difference is very similar to yoga and yoga therapy, right? Like all art is therapeutic. If I'm doing some art, I'm probably going to be expressing myself and like feeling kind of good through that process and maybe even processing some things. But art therapy, my understanding is like application of very specific, specific interventions, right? And yoga therapy is the same way where all yoga is therapeutic, but one yoga class isn't always going to help every single individual, right? That's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. So like the biggest thing for me, since I specialize in trauma and anxiety is uh, a lot of the clients I get have gone to yoga class and ended up being triggered, had a flashback, had a panic attack. They've been asked to do deep breathing, which is like a thing we hear all the time. And like, is a very common no-no, especially if someone has a history of trauma. So I think that's like the differentiating piece. If you're offering yoga, of course, it's therapeutic. And if it's specific to symptom reduction, you want something a little more evidence-based, you probably, you know, will want to look at those interventions and that additional training. 
Exactly. I love it. I think you put it beautifully. And I'm curious what got, like, what led you to this point where you interested in yoga before therapy, like which was the chicken, which was the egg? How did you get here? Tell me your, your history. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like two different parts of my life coming together. Like as I've grown as a clinician, I feel like I've become more and more authentic to who I am as a person, which is really lovely. Cause it means like, mm -hmm. I love my work and make deep connections with the people I work with. But for a long time, they were two separate worlds where I was like, very like, you know, stone-faced clinician, like here's my intervention. I'm doing things exactly by the book and like, no way am I doing yoga. But in my personal life, you know, I learned yoga from my grandfather, you know, practiced on my own in my culture. Like it's not very common to be practicing in a studio type setting. So that didn't really start for me until maybe 10 years ago, I had a health thing going on and thought that a yoga community might be helpful. So that's how I got started with that. I began offering yoga to some of my clients. I had moved from hospice into private and group practice. Uh, so I was mostly seeing people with terminal and chronic illness. And the biggest thing I kept running into was I would offer a movement practice or offer some breath work. And they would look at me and say, Kanjana, that's not physically possible for me. And I would wow. have no other thing I could offer them. Just be okay. like, sorry, let's try something else. <laughs> so that didn't feel really good. Uh, yeah. And I really wanted to make it more accessible, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what got me interested. That's how I started my yoga therapy training, really wanting to understand the body and how that relates to what's happening mentally and emotionally. And then also how can I keep people safe if I'm offering yoga in therapy sessions from a physical standpoint? And of course, also learning more about how to do that mentally and emotionally too. Right. And how it all ties together. I love all the things that you're saying. And I'm, I'm feeling it in my body as you're talking about, you know, people who have experienced trauma, people with anxiety, people who might have limitations that you have to know the right way to work with them so that you're not triggering, you're not injuring, you know, you're not impacting in a negative way. And I'm curious if you could share a little bit more about what this looks like in group form for you. Like I'm, I'm fascinated with how this plays out. Yeah. So I have like a variety of groups that I run. Um, the one we're talking about today is going to look at, so eight, yoga has eight limbs and asana, which is like movement and poses is just one of the eight. So usually when people hear yoga, they think asana. So that's not always what we're doing in my groups. I usually have a yoga therapy group that's more asana focused where we'll do movement and then meditation and then some processing and sharing. And we're coming together around a single theme. The most recent one has been yoga for challenging times. Just like, how do we survive this pandemic? <laughs> how do I sign up? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> Just send me an email and I'll get you signed up. I'll send you the Done. link. <laughs> So that's been really lovely. And then the group I wanted to talk more about today is uh, much more mindfulness focused. So there is some yoga and movement in terms of asana, but there's a lot of meditation and then application of philosophy. And how do I take some of these things that I maybe enjoy about yoga, but like have it in my daily life and in my relationships? Okay. What does that look like? Like if I were in this group that you're talking about, does it have a title? Yes. It's called taking your time to shine. <gasps> Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So if I'm taking <laughs> my time to shine, what, what can I expect in this group if I'm joining? 
Yeah, so it's basically a mix. So there's like, you can hear it in the title, right? The first part is taking your time. So learning how to practice mindfulness and finding a mindfulness practice that works for you. Because a lot of people have tried it, you know, followed like somebody, they a friend sent them on YouTube or like Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And they were like, nope, no way, this isn't for me. There's a lot of different mindfulness practices and all of them kind of fall under different umbrellas. There are things that are going to be more helpful, maybe for people that are neurodivergent that, you know, might not work for me, right? And vice versa. So I think that's the kind of the first part, the taking your time, the mindfulness practice. And then the shine is your character strengths. So learning like what about me as an individual, like are my strengths? And a lot of people are unaware of them. So we help them discover them. And then how can I turn those up or turn them down to live a life that's more in line with my values. That's amazing. I love that. I'm thinking about someone from my past who, a colleague who was really struggling to find their niche and like where they fit in in the world and, Mm -hmm. you know, their strengths, like you're talking about. And it was such, they were a friend and it was such an uncomfortable process for them of like this uncertainty. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like you really walk people through, I don't know, they just came to mind as someone who would really benefit from something like you're talking about where it's like, who am I? How do I shine? It's in there. Who's going to help me chisel it down and bring it out. And you have a process for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's eight weeks and each week we have a different theme and a focus and It's really lovely because we have such a diverse group of people every time and everyone's coming in with different concerns, but leaving, feeling much more in touch with who they are, much more able to tap into those strengths and with better confidence and self-esteem. I love that. Who do you find? You said it's a diverse group. Like what are the, you know, what kinds of people, what walks of life are people coming from that seek this group out? Sure. So In terms of like age group, it's anywhere from college age on upwards. That's part of what I really like about the group. And we have had, you know, college students, grad students, other therapists, teachers, parents, nurses, healthcare professionals. Mm -hmm. The stressors might vary from person to person, but the common theme is people who are givers and who are feeling burned out by that. Maybe they're giving professionally, maybe they're giving socially or romantically, maybe it's not feeling like a two-way street, but at the end of the day, they're feeling fatigued. And that makes so much sense to me because you listed all these people. I'm like, how are they, you know, in a process group, what's the interpersonal relating that they're doing? But in this kind of group, it sounds like there is this common theme that they're all struggling with something that is a, a pattern in their lives, that giving pattern. And, and so it makes sense that they would seek support together. Yeah, definitely. And a common theme that uh, we didn't expect to run into, but it makes total sense is that a lot of these people identify as empaths or like as Mm -hmm. we go through that, the process of the group and we're doing a lot of meditation that's focused around energy and healthy boundaries, they start to realize like, oh, that might be part of who I am. I might be an empath. So that's kind of a fun thing that's happened, a common thread that we've seen in this group. That's so interesting because I picture your group and I picture it being like very woo woo, like people that already know that they're in that space, but it sounds like you're bringing it out. Like you're helping them get in touch with their intuition and their wise mind and learning about themselves in that process. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice mix of people who are like deep into that, like more out there eclectic, 
spiritual realm. And then people who've just dipped a toe into that and are curious about it and think that it might be helpful for them. And that's really nice because we can all learn and grow from each other. Exactly. You said that every week has a theme. Can you talk me through some of the themes? Yes. So it's eight weeks long and they all kind of build on each other. So like the first week is taking your time. So it's learning how to engage more easily with the present moment, not spending all of your time like in the past or in the worrying about the future, stepping out of autopilot, being present in your life, right out of your head and into your life. And then the second week is how bright are you? So it's all around this theme of being shiny and bright and taking time. So that's where we discover our strengths. We take a strengths quiz. uh, That's pretty great. We look at the results together, dive into that. Uh, I love it because it really helps people shift their perspective from like a lot of times we hear like, oh my gosh, number 24, I'm so weak in this area. And it's like, no, no, it's not a weakness quiz. It's a strength quiz. And it helps you to discover which strengths you use the most often. So it's not that like I'm, you know, maybe prudence is really low for me. It's not that Mm -hmm. I'm bad at prudence. It's that I just don't use it very much. And I can explore what would it be like to use that more in my life. Interesting. Did you develop this or is this? No, so this is already developed. It's through the mindfulness-based strengths practice. Cool. So it's a nice blend of like MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction, um, ACT, uh, acceptance and commitment therapy, positive psychology. There's a lot of research behind it. So in week one, you know, I'm a nerd about research. Uh, We totally get into that. (laughs) You know, whether you want to hear it or not, you'll hear me talking a little bit about the research behind it. And I feel like that helps motivate people to engage in the practice anyway. I agree. It makes it credible. I mean, not that I didn't think it was credible, but for like someone who's very nerdy science-based like me, like I I like to hear the research behind something and why it works. Yeah. Yeah. So the MBSP is kind of a jumping off point. My co-lead Brandon and I uh, led it together for a few years, specifically with college students. And then two years ago, Uh, With the start of the pandemic, we decided this is so helpful. We see such wonderful change and what people are reporting has shifted for them is so great. Why are we just Mm -hmm. sticking to college students? So at the beginning of the pandemic, we opened it up and had a group of uh, a lot of therapists, teachers, and students. Hmm. Share the wealth, Kanjana. Everybody (laughs) needs this. We don't need to limit it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the rest of the themes are again, along that same point, like we look at common obstacles to mindfulness, how to turn them into opportunities. We learn how to like shine more brightly in difficult moments, like how to meet challenging situations or maybe a challenging relationship and meet that with your strengths, which ones to turn up. We talk about utilizing your character strengths and your mindfulness for improved relationship with self and others. So there's a lot of different themes that I really love. <laughs> and I feel like the eight weeks is great. The, a favorite week or favorite intervention or practice? Oh, both. Sorry, you said you feel like the eight mm. weeks is great. Like that's the okay, right okay. length of time, right? Like eight weeks to cover everything. Yes. Yeah. And we cover so much in eight weeks. So we definitely, you know, the people who are coming are committed and they're learning a lot and growing a lot through the process. And I love that I 
also do all of the practices every time. Yeah. So like I'm living it again, I'm diving more deeply into my own practice. So there's a lot of benefits mm. for me too. <laughs> I love that. So yes, I would love to hear favorite week and favorite intervention. Break it all okay. down for me. Okay. Oh gosh. Favorite week is tough. Like this group just lights me up so much that every time we meet, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's time for group. I get really excited about it. I feel like week seven or week eight are probably my favorite where we're really like seven is dialing into your optimum shine. So like fine tuning your personal strengths and your practice so you can bring your best self forward, even if it's not the best situation. I love that. Uh, And I would imagine at that point, like week seven and eight, they're everyone's cohesive. They're already learning to shine. So you're seeing that transformation and they're exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then week eight, we kind of like do some a little more out there, woo woo fun stuff. So we'll do some movement. We'll do some animal guides, meditations. We'll do some Zen tangling. And we always like Brandon, my co-lead and I like could do a million meditations. We would love to meditate with people all the time. So we have tossed in a lot of extras where it's not required to watch it or to try it before we meet. But if you want more, you can download it and do it later. Uh, So I like that week for also exploring some more of the out there stuff and seeing, you know, what does that hold for different people? It sounds like you give incredible value. And as a part of that, I know that like you're, you light up as you talk about it and you're expressing how much you love this group. And so it's cool to see that you're giving because you love it and you believe in it and people are benefiting from it. And yeah, just, you know, all around beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And then probably favorite intervention. So one of my, two of my signature strengths are creativity and sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, And like, maybe I'm the only one laughing, but I'm still laughing. And so probably one of my more favorite interventions without giving too much away is we'll do a walking meditation and we'll practice turning up and turning down different character strengths so that we can actually experience with something that's like not high stakes. What Mm -hmm. is it like to shift this? Right. And And it can be really silly. So for example, what would it be like? We'll just be walking around to walk with a sense of humor. And then everybody's doing like this weirdo walk and like laughing and like, it's a nice icebreaker. And like, I don't mind being the silliest one there to help break the ice, but it's a nice way to show that no matter what we're doing, we can actively mindfully engage a strength to shift what that experience is like for us to help us to feel more empowered and more in charge of whatever that experience is. So intentional and powerful, right? To decide and then to to put that on. And mm-hmm. I love the silly walking too. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Is there anything about this group that you find challenging? Do you find that people show up not ready to be silly or take on their strengths or own what makes them shine? Yeah, I do think that people are usually ready to want change and to like push themselves and to try new things. There is sometimes like shyness and things like that. And I think that's okay. I think that I've gotten pretty good at pulling people out of their shells and feeling more comfortable. I don't mind being silly first to break the ice. And because it is a more casual setting and I'm trying to be authentic to myself, I, you know, will also share some of what my own experiences are with these practices. And I feel like that really helps people to feel more connected and 
get a little bit more comfortable. Probably the biggest challenge is keeping it to eight weeks. There's just yeah. so much in the world of mindfulness and character strengths that, you know, I would love to do a part two at some point for people who want to dive more deeply and get additional practices or just continue to connect and process maybe an ongoing group. That's usually the feedback I get too. Like eight weeks seemed like a big commitment at the start. And now that it's week seven, I'm sad it's only eight weeks. That's great feedback that you keep them wanting more. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, I want to give it to them, but you know, after the eight weeks, it's a very put together and intentional eight week practice. So they already have those skills. They can apply, they've practiced applying them for eight weeks. And we talk about a plan for how they can move forward. So they don't necessarily need more than eight weeks. It just feels really good for everybody. And we all want to do more. So that's the biggest challenge is like, I want to keep going forever. (laughs) Did you decide what needed to be in these eight weeks? Like you cherry picked the things that were important. Yeah, it took a really Mm -hmm. long time. I was a lot of outlines and like started out with maybe, oh my gosh, like 50 hours of content and we got it down to 30. Okay. (laughs) it, It took some doing, but the way it's organized is there's anywhere from like one hour to maybe 90 minutes of recorded lectures that people watch on their own time each week. And then we come together for a one hour group Thursdays, noon to one. And then they have meditations that they can download to their phone or like whatever device they listen to things on and listen to those throughout the week in practice. We ask them to do one hour of practice a week. So it ends up being, yeah, so it is a commitment, but it ends up being two to three hours a week, mostly on a schedule that works for them. And if that Thursday doesn't work out, we record it so they can watch it. And then we have a private Facebook group where people can interact and ask questions and things like that. This is way more than I had imagined when you started talking about it. Like you, there really is so much that they're getting in this experience. And I'm wondering, like, because it's mindfulness and meditation, and I just heard you say Facebook group. So is this something that's accessible to anyone or do you limit it to PA? Like who can join? So anyone can join. It's not therapy but Mm -hmm. it is a nice companion to therapy. I would say the majority of people uh, who participate are either currently in therapy or have finished therapy and are looking for something to kind of be a nice transition from therapy into, you know, not having a weekly meeting or session. That makes sense. Yeah. How many people do you, would you say sign up per, you know, collection of sessions? Like what's the typical range of people? So we like to keep it pretty intimate just because of the content and getting so into detail. And mm-hmm. we really want people to have the opportunity to share what it was like to take something that we talked about and apply it in their lives. And that's so helpful for everyone in group to kind of look at that and practice like seeing themselves from that strength-based place and yeah. practice seeing others from that place too. Yeah. So because we like to keep things more intimate, usually like 10 would be a max. Yeah. And probably on the lower end, like four or five. So five to 10 would be a solid group. Awesome. Yeah. We've done smaller, we've done larger, and that seems like the best number. So wait, now I'm wondering, because I was picturing you all doing your silly strengths walking together, like outside your office, but is this online? 
Yeah, it's all online. So we used to do it in my office and I have like behind me a big yoga space. This is my virtual yeah. office, but in person, I also have a group room with a yoga space. But with the pandemic, we decided to put everything virtual. And when it was in person, it was 90 minutes a week. So mm-hmm the content was so much less and people still like had really great gains and uh, really loved the program, but I just wanted to do more uh, (laughs) because there's so much more that's out there and that's available and and not, you know, not one size, one size doesn't fit all. So, right. Well, you're amazing. (laughs) I'm so glad too, because it means it's more accessible to people. And I think this is so needed, especially now, like you're saying, to just be present, to come home to yourself, to, be able to gift yourself the recognition of your own strengths and let yourself shine. I mean, you know, I believe in all those things. And so I'm glad that you're helping people (laughs) figure that out for themselves and become their true authentic selves. And you're a good model for that too. Like you are so (laughs) warm and inviting and you make people feel comfortable. And I see your sense of humor. We can laugh together. (laughs) Good. (laughs) I laugh at a lot of my own jokes, but it's always nice when someone else joins in. True. (laughs) What would you say if somebody wanted to develop their own program like this, what would you say would be the first step for them to get started? Ooh, good question. I think probably the most important piece is being true to yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Like my group is all about taking time for yourself to be more present in your daily life and shining. Like shine was my affirmation or mantra for many years. Like just the word shine, (laughs) just like, you know, there's so many different layers that I unpacked to that word, uh, but felt very true to me. Like, how can I find my strengths? How can I express myself? And how can I live a life that's in line with my values and what I want? So in order to offer a group like that, I I had to be myself. So I think for someone who wants to start a group, figuring out like, who am I as a, you know, coach or clinician or whoever it is that's offering a group, right? And what are the practices that I feel are really impactful and that I feel skilled in offering and then finding the common theme, right? So, you know, I know who signs up for these things and, you know, who benefits from them and kind of figured out how to communicate that through a lot of outlines and Google Docs and like writing down a thousand ideas and then kind of making it smaller until I found that common theme that really spoke to me and, you know, fit with who I am. I love that. My brain actually like lit up when you were like Google Docs and outlines and lists. I'm like, whoa, all those things. I do that. (laughs) But I don't want to lose sight of what you said that's so important is figuring out what's authentic for you, figuring out where you shine and being Mm -hmm. able to gift that to your participants, like not just Mm -hmm. swiping your outline and using that because that's not going to be the authentic version of, of what they can offer if someone else wanted to start something. Exactly. Like if someone else offered an MBSP group, that's really awesome. Like a mindfulness strengths practice, and maybe they are pulling from that practice or something else. And that's great. Mm -hmm. But I think that personal touch is so important because, you know, it helps you to connect more deeply to yourself as the provider or facilitator, but also to everyone who's participating. Exactly. I love it. And where can people find you if they want to learn more about you or this or any of your groups that you're offering? Yes. So Instagram is and Facebook are probably the places that I update the most frequently. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better about updating our website too. So our handle is Healing Hearts Wellness. So hearts is plural. Mm-hmm. And then the website is healingheartswellness.com. And you'll see my bio on there. You'll see a link to workshops and things like that. 
Uh, and then if anyone is interested in being on a mailing list, they could just email info at healingheartswellness.com and say, add me to the mailing list for all yoga offerings or all CEU courses or all the things. And then we'll just shoot them an email and say, hey, this thing is coming up in case you wanted to know about it. I should also mention that this eight-week course group is like, this eight-week group is 30 uh, CEs for therapists. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot to say that. That's important. (laughs) So it is very incredible. (laughs) Okay, so it's going to change your life and you're going to get credit for your license. So get on that list, get the email for all the things. (laughs) Yeah, and the credits is they are specific to the area. So 30 CEs for Pennsylvania social workers, marriage and family therapists, and licensed professional counselors, and then 30 CEs for Jersey social workers only. Got it. Incredible. Well, you're doing amazing things. I'm so glad you came to talk about this today. So glad you're doing all the things you're doing because we need you to shine. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Katie. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about the group and to reconnect with you and you know, part of how I put this together was a lot of what I've learned from you. So I, you know, be sure to mention that too, that you're really great at helping people to figure out how to communicate what it is they can offer and putting that out into the world. So that really helped me. And, you know, it was part of how I had the confidence to do this on a larger scale. I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. Hey, groupie, thanks for listening. For more resources on how you can market, fill, and run your group in private practice, check me out at becomeagroupguru.com.